Welcome everyone to the Grinded Podcast. Nipsey Hussle is going to bring us in just a little bit with Grinding All My Life. All my life, been grinding all my life. Sacrifice, hustle paid the price. Want a slice, got the roll of dice, that's why. All my life, I've been grinding all my life. Uh. It's time to hit this rail we call life and grind it. Welcome to the Grinded Podcast. Again, I just want to start off by saying thank you for being a listener. Thank you for watching on YouTube. Also, thank you for sharing this podcast with your friends and your family, your uh, your loved ones, your co-workers. Because when you share uh, the Grinded Podcast, you're giving people the opportunity to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. You're giving people the opportunity to grow closer to Jesus. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And so I just want to say thank you uh, for listening, watching, and and for sharing this podcast because you're sharing Jesus with others. And that is the whole goal of the Grinded Podcast. We want to be there for people, to encourage people. Uh, Also, I want to mention that if you have any need, if you need a prayer request or anything, uh, you can email me at grinditpodcast at gmail.com and I will quickly reply back to uh, your request. We're going to finish up John chapter 21 today, and then we'll be moving into the book of Acts uh, in the next podcast. And I'm I'm looking forward to to the book of Acts because it's probably my favorite book in the entire uh, Bible. Um, And so last podcast, we started John 21, and we looked at uh, the disciples being on a fishing trip. Jesus has appeared twice and and in john 21 he appears to them a third time and this time he's staying on the shore and they're out there about 100 yards away john says and they're fishing they fished all night long they haven't caught the first fish they probably hadn't even gotten a bite and they're tired and some dude yells from the the shore and says hey you caught any fish and they don't even recognize that it's jesus and so they just give him a quick short answer because they're tired no and uh, jesus says well, hey, put your nets, cast your nets on the right side of the boat, and you'll catch some. And instead of arguing with him or whatever, they they, they obeyed and they did that. And, and as soon as they put the nets in the water, they catch, John says, 153 large fish. And they were so large that they couldn't even get the nets and the fish into the boat. And they immediately recognized, because of this miracle, that it was Jesus. And this is the second time that this event has happened because Luke chapter 5, Luke tells the story of when they were out in the boat and Jesus says, let down your nets and they caught so many fish that the nets began to break. So they realized because of this miracle that the dude that's hollering at them from the shore is actually Jesus. And so they, they, they get to the shore as fast as they can. And when they get to the shore... They see that Jesus has a charcoal fire going and he's grilling some fish. And he says, hey, go ahead and get some of those fish that you just caught and we'll all eat some fish together. And we'll sit around this fire and have you know some conversation. And so that's what's going on here as we pick up to, uh, in this podcast to end John chapter 21. They're sitting around this fire and they're watching the fish cook. And maybe they're, you know, they're hungry and their mouths begin to water and they, they start having this conversation, conversation with Jesus. And as they're waiting for the fish to cook and they're having these conversations, Jesus hones in on one person in particular, and that was Peter. 
And if you will remember, it was Peter, right before Jesus goes off to be crucified, he had told Jesus, he said, I'll never deny you. I'll, in fact, die with you. And Jesus says, before the night's over and the rooster crows, you'll deny me three times. And that's exactly what Peter did. Peter just denied that he even knew who Jesus was. And he got to the point that he was so angry about it that he was cussing about it and over it. And he... and, and the rooster crows and Jesus looks up and he looks at Peter and Peter runs off and cries. Uh, and so they're, they're sitting around this fire. They're watching the fish and they're waiting to eat. And, and Jesus turns to Peter and he's going to ask him three different times. And, and, and I believe there's a reason for that. because and, and I don't think Jesus is trying to shove it in Peter's face and say, look, I, I try to tell you, I told you so that you would deny me. I don't think that's what Jesus is doing here. I think Jesus is, has a point in asking Peter three different times this question. When he asks Peter, he says, do you love me? And that, this is the English version, do you love me? And, and it grieved Peter that, he, that Jesus would ask him, do you love me, three different times because it reminded him that he did deny Jesus three different times. But what we don't see in the English, uh, the, the English versions of the Bible, is what Jesus actually asked Peter he did say, do you love me? But there's more than one word in the Greek language for love. There's actually around four or five. And when Jesus asked Peter, do you love me? The first two times, he uses the Greek word agape, which means unconditional love. And we talked about that way back when we first started the book of John. And, and that, that God's love for us is agape love. That God loves us unconditionally, no matter what. He, Paul says that nothing can separate us from the love of God. That's unconditional love. When Jesus was hanging from the cross and these people are, are walking by him and saying, you know, save yourself, come down from that cross if you are really are the Messiah, the Son of God. And Jesus says, you know, Father, forgive them for they know not what they're doing. That is unconditional love. And so Jesus asks Peter the first two times, he says, do you love me? That's what we read in English. But what he really says is, do you love me unconditionally? And when Peter responds back to Jesus, he uses a different word for love. He uses, he doesn't use agape love. He, he uses Phileo love. Jesus says, do you love me unconditionally? And Peter responds with, Lord, yes, I love you phileo. I, I phileo love you. I love you like a brother. It's two totally different types of love. And it, it seems that Jesus is trying to get Peter from phileo love to getting him to realize you got to love me with everything that you have, every fiber of your being. You have to love me unconditionally because Jesus knows what Peter's going to be facing. Jesus knows that he's fixing to be ascending back to the Father and that Peter is going to be one of the main dudes that's taking over the kingdom. And, and he's saying, look, you've got to love me unconditionally. You have to love me with everything that you have because I know what's about to happen to you. The persecution that you're going to be going through and, and, and if you don't love me unconditionally, dude, you, you might back off. You may quit this thing. And i got to have you. I need you. And, and, and your brothers and sisters in Christ need you. So you got to love me unconditionally. And so the first two times, like I said, Jesus says, do you love me unconditionally? And Peter says, Lord, you know, I phileo you. I love you like a brother. 
And so Jesus asked a third time, do you love me? But this time, Jesus comes down to Peter's level. He says, do you phileo me? And Peter responds with this. He says, Lord, you know everything. Nothing gets by you. You know everything. The psalmist says that God knows what we're going to say before we ever even start to utter a word. When we're, it's just Even before it's a thought in our head, God already knows what we're going to say. He knows the very hairs of our head, how many hairs that we have. He knows everything about us. He told Jeremiah, he says, I knew you before you were ever formed in your mother's womb. That, I mean, that is just mind-blowing. And so Jesus says, do you love me like a brother? Do you phileo me, Peter? Because that's the only thing that Peter could get out of his mouth. Lord, you know I, I phileo you. And so when he asked Peter a third time, Peter responds, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. I phileo you. I love you like a brother. And, and like I said a while ago, Jesus is not trying to belittle Peter here. He is trying to get Peter to realize and understand that, that he has to love Jesus with every fiber in his being, that he has to love him no matter what because he is going to be facing some serious persecution. And I believe the, uh, the way Peter w- uh, was killed, that he was crucified upside down because he said he wasn't worthy to be crucified like Jesus was. So he requested they, that he be crucified upside down. Now, can you imagine having to go through something like that? I mean, in the book of Acts, early in the book of Acts, it's Peter and John who are beaten uh, for their teachings about Jesus. And so, see, Peter had no idea what was coming down the road, but Jesus did. And he's saying, you have to love me unconditionally. And, and the only thing that Peter could muster up was, Lord, I love you like I love you like a brother. That, 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 that's as good as I can do. And the reason, the, the reason why I say this is because here Jesus is trying to tell Peter, you got to love me unconditionally. And like I said, the only thing that Peter can muster up is I flail you. I love you like a brother. And and here's what Peter does. This is this is pretty pretty cool if 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 you catch it. Peter, instead of trying to come up to where he needs to be, I'm gonna love you unconditionally. I'm gonna give you everything I've got. He couldn't do that. Instead, what he does is he looks around the campfire and he turns and he sees John. And he says, Hey, what about John? What about this guy? What what you know? What's he gonna be doing? How's he gonna die? And and so he he's basically getting the focus off of him and trying to get the focus on somebody else. And we do it all the time. It's just like in the garden, uh, 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 in the garden of Eden, when when uh, Eve took that fruit, what she do? She blamed Satan. Uh, Adam, you know, he ate the fruit. What he do? He blame shifted. He 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 put it on Eve. Or he actually put it on God. He said that woman you gave me uh, caused me to eat this, and you know now here you know sins entered in. That's what we do. We, instead of owning up to our responsibilities and what we've done wrong and what we need to do better, we we shift the focus to somebody else. 
and we try to get the focus off of us. And that's exactly what Peter does here. He, he, he turns and looks at John, and he says, well, what about this guy? You know, why aren't you questioning what this guy's going to be doing and what this guy's done? Because they all flee at the crucifixion. They all left Jesus by himself. And Jesus turns to Peter and he says, look, dude, here's the deal. You need to worry about you and follow me. And, you know, this is a huge problem, not with just people, but with God's people. You know, we're always looking at what's going on with other people instead of looking what's going on with us, ourselves. Why are they being blessed? Why are they getting that? Why are, you know... How, why can't I have what they have? You know, we used to call it keeping up with the Joneses. But this is a whole lot deeper than that. We, we see people in the church being blessed and we focus on them and we want to, well, they're no better than me. And we start listing the things that they do wrong and, and, and we start listing maybe the things that we do wrong. Well, I'm just as good as they are. Look what they've done. I haven't done anything that bad. And they're getting blessed. They're, you know, God's using them. Why ain't God using me? It's, it's exactly what's going on here in this conversation with Peter and the other disciples. Peter says, I know you've asked me three times. I know you reminded me that, you know, I did deny you. But what about this guy over here? You know, get the focus off of me and, and, and let's focus on John. And Jesus says, hey, don't worry about them. Worry about yourself and follow me. Love me unconditionally, dude. You know, Psalm 139, 14, the psalmist says, I will give thanks to you because I am awesomely and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works, and my soul knows it very well. You see, here's the deal. You have specific talents that God has blessed you with. You can do things that I can't do. You can do things that other people cannot do. And, and what we have to do is focus on what you can do and what you do have and use it for the kingdom of God. We'll dig into this a little deeper when we come back from break. My name is Dinah Grace Hawk, and I started a movement of empowerment. I focus on Revelation 12:11, which states that we will overcome, conquer, and defeat him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. And we will not love our own lives, even unto death. See, sharing testimony squashes pride. It empowers, it strengthens, it encourages, and it heals. This whole movement is focused on sharing our testimony, our walk with the Lord, how He's using us in this life to empower others to do the same. By doing this, we will overcome anything that this world can throw at us because we are covered by the blood of the Lamb. Every week from now till the end of the year, I'll be highlighting a different woman in the ministry, and they're going to share their testimony. Tune in every Saturday at 7 p.m. Eastern, either on Facebook or Instagram at Dinah Grace Hawk. And you get to be a part of this movement, too. I'll see you there. So we left off from before break by talking about how uh, that Peter was being questioned about Jesus. Do you love me? And he asked him three different times. Do you, the first two times he says, do you agape me? Do you love me unconditionally? And Peter responded back with, Lord, I phileo you. I, I love you like a brother. And the third time, Jesus says, do you phileo me? And, and, and Peter says, Lord, you know all things. You know I phileo you. I love you like a brother. 
And in, instead of Peter owning up to his denying Jesus and, and, and saying, you know, I need to rise up and love you unconditionally, he, he takes the shift or the focus off of him and he shifts it to John. And he says, well, what about, you know, you're sitting here, you know, talking about me in front of all these guys. What about this guy? Well, you know, how is he going to die? What's he going to be doing? And Jesus said, don't worry about him. You need to worry about yourself and follow me. You need to love me unconditionally. And, and I talked to, uh, about right before the break how uh, we are fearfully and wonderfully made. We, we are uniquely made. You are you, and there is no other you. We are all different. But in the church, we are under one, we are one body. We are under one Lord. And, and we're under, we have the same spirit. But yet that spirit, the Holy Spirit, he manifests himself in different ways through us and he gives us different gifts to use and so we have to focus on us and not other people and what other people have and what we don't have we have to focus on us and what we do have and use what God has given us to use to bring him glory and honor and, and to grow his kingdom now Paul says it uh, uh, in 1 Corinthians he talks about how we have uh, different gifts and he says there are different kind of gifts in verse 4, and this, but the same Spirit dis distributes them. And he says in verse 5, there are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There's different kinds of working. But in all of them and in everyone is the same God at work. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for common good. To one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, the message of knowledge uh, by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And still to another, the interpretation of tongues. He says all these work from uh, uh, one and the same spirit. And he distributes them to each one just as he determines. So it's the same spirit, the Holy Spirit. But we're a body and, and the body is made up of different parts. And so the, the spirit distributes these uh, these. Um, uh, these gifts, if you will, and 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 we're to use the gift that God has given us to bring Him glory. And 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 so Paul says, just as one body, though one has uh, has many parts, but all of its many parts form the one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one Spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we're all given the one Spirit to drink. And and basically, if you put it in our day and time. There's no black, white. There's, there's, God doesn't see color. He either sees saved or unsaved. He doesn't see race. He doesn't see nationality. He doesn't care if you're Japanese, Hispanic, Caucasian, you know, English, whatever. It does not matter in Christ. And that's what he's saying here. We belong to one body, and it's one spirit who gives all these different gifts, and, and he has given us a gift to use, and we have to focus on what we have and, and the, the, the gift that we can use for the glory of God and to grow his kingdom. He says, um, even so the body is not made up of one part but of many. Now if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, stop being a part of the body. And if an ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I don't belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, 
God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them just as he wanted them to be. If they were, if they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think that are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unrepresentable are treated with special modesty. While our presentable parts need no special treatment, but God has put the body together, giving great honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now, you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. And God has placed in the church, first of all, apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miraculous, uh, then miracles, then gifts of healing, uh, of helping, of guidance, and of different kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? No. Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do we all have gifts of healing? Do we all speak in tongues? Do all interpret? The answer is no. We all have a different part to play, but yet we're one body. He says, now eagerly, eagerly desire the greater gifts, and yet I will show you the most excellent way. And that's when he gets into love in 1 Corinthians 13. And he's talking about unconditional love. Let me, let me break it down to you like this. I can play several instruments. And I don't say that braggingly because you know, I mess up a lot. I'm not nowhere near a professional. For instance, when I, I can't finger pick on a guitar very good. I can do it, but I'm not very good at it. I mess up a lot. As a matter of fact, I mess up a lot on a lot of my instruments. Um, when I was 19 years old, I had never sat behind an instrument before in my life. I've never played an instrument, didn't know anything about music except for listening to an a track or a cassette. Yeah, that's how far back I go. I even go back to the records, uh, the albums, the 33s and the 45s. Um, and that's about all I knew about music. But I, I, I wanted to play drums, and I, I, there was an opportunity that came along for me to play, but I didn't know anything about music. So I, I told my mom, I said, by faith, I'm just going to go out and buy this set of drums. I went and spent 1500 bucks on a, a, a five-piece set of pearls. And within one month, with no uh, lessons whatsoever, I was playing in front of about 600 people. I guess that's about what we ran, five, 600, 700, somewhere in there. There's a lot of people. Um, and even one Sunday night, the, the, the pastor came out of his office and, and like he always did and with the services going on and, and he would come in and join the service and he stopped the service this one particular night and he started uh, basically bragging on me he was telling the people my story about how I've never played an instrument before and then here I am playing in, in, in front of this, this great big old huge congregation of people um, over the last two or three years, I, I've, I've taught myself to play guitar, uh, the acoustic guitar, electric guitar, uh, bass guitar, a little bit of mandolin. And I recently uh, got a piano, as you can see it behind me there in the background, uh, that someone gave to me. Uh, and so I went and picked it up, and I want to try to learn it. Uh, but here's why I'm telling you this. Um, I have a banjo uh, hanging on my wall right here beside me. And... I've tried to play that thing. I've had this banjo for many, many years, and I've tried to play it for a long time. And I even had somebody that could teach me uh, to play the banjo, 
but it is, it is such a hard instrument to learn. There's so many different picking patterns and and the the strings are all different from guitar and there you have to relearn all these different chords and where they are on the banjo and it's it's just a very hard instrument to learn uh to play so you know i i can there are a lot of people that can play the fire out of a banjo and it's i, I love bluegrass music i, I like all kinds of, of music uh, but i i really like uh bluegrass music and there are people that can play the fire out of a banjo. Now I, I can get mad and I can I can get jealous. I can envy that person, or, you know, and I, I can get upset because I can't play the banjo, or I could take what I can play, the drums. Since I was nine, I'm 48 years old. Uh, I've been playing drums since I was 19. Uh, I've been playing, like I said, those those guitars for the past two years. Uh, I, I can take the instruments that I do know how to play and go to our worship leader at our church and and I can say, well, hey, here's what I can do. Here's what I can play. If you need me, you know, I'll play, which I, I do. I play in the worship band. I play every Sunday. And, I'm, I, and I do. I, I swap instruments. I feel a void where there, wherever there is a need. And, and, um, and I don't say that braggingly because I mess up a lot. Like I said, I can't finger pick very well. Uh, I, 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 just a couple of Sundays ago, I put brand new strings on my acoustic, and we had an acoustic service, and I didn't bring my backup guitar and get the second song in, in the second service, and my string breaks. And so I had to leave the stage to, to go change my string and come back. It's pretty embarrassing. Uh, I'll be in the drum cage, and I'm, I'm, I'm jamming on the drums. Next thing you know, I either break a stick or I throw a stick or I drop a stick. And you know, and, it, and all of a sudden you're hearing a certain beat, and then part of the beat is missing, and you know, and it kind of throws everybody for it. the people who are playing the instruments. The crowd usually doesn't even pay attention, but uh, we know it as, as, as the, the the people who are playing the instruments. We know that something just isn't quite right. Uh, but my point is, I mess up. My point is, I don't get mad at the person who can play a banjo just because I can't play a banjo. I focus on what I can do i can play all these other instruments so i tell the worship leader hey i can play these you can use me on these instruments and that's what she does even though i mess up i put forth the effort <laughs> and speaking of messing up uh just a few sundays ago i had accidentally had uh pressed uh, on, on my electric guitar I, I have a skateboard that in my pedals are on the skateboard and from my foot pedal board and i had accidentally uh pushed uh the loop pedal and during practice that morning uh one of our worship leaders kids was on stage so i started playing three blind mice uh, uh, on the e string the high e string and uh, uh, that loop pedal recorded and then uh I, nirvana as you can see in the background is my favorite band of all time and so i play a lot of their stuff and so i was playing around during practice and, and played a, a smells like teen spirit and that loop pedal was going and i had no idea so it, re, it recorded three blind mice and it recorded uh nirvana's uh, smells like teen spirit and and so here we are we're right in the middle of worship service and we're on a, a second or third song and this is on i mean it, it's out there on youtube uh, and if you know where to look, you can actually hear it. It's so embarrassing. It was really embarrassing that day. I was so red. 
but uh, I accidentally hit the loop pedal and turned it on uh, during the worship service, and, and it, it began to loop, and, and you hear, and then you hear, and we're right in the middle of a slow worship song, and then you just hear this, it was so embarrassing, but you know what? I'm just glad that God said, make a joyful noise. And, you know, God gets gets a good laugh uh, out, of, out of us many times. But here's what I want to leave you with. Don't focus on what other people have. Be content with what you have and use the gifts that God has blessed you with. That, that's exactly what Peter was doing. Jesus is saying, look, I need you to love me unconditionally. And Peter says, I love you, phileo. I love you like a brother. And, and Jesus is saying, I need you to, I'm going to need you in the coming days. And you don't really know what you're going to be facing. And it's going to get hard. It's going to get rough because persecution is going to hit. And it, it, it's, it's going to be It's going to be tough. I need you to stick with me. Don't don't leave me. You just denied me three times after you you said you wouldn't, and I showed you how easy it is for you to 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 you know kind of back off. And I don't need you backing off. I need you pressing forward. And that's what God is telling us and saying to us. You know, He says, "I know what's in store for you down the road, and, and you need to stick with me." You know, you're going to be blindsided. Things are going to come your way, and, and it's going to be tough. And when it does, you need to draw closer to me and not draw back from me. And you don't need, like Peter, he had, he had shifted the focus off of him and tried to put it on John. And Jesus says, you don't worry about John. You, you worry about yourself and follow me. And so we have to be careful not to, to, to put, try to put the focus on other people and, you know, and want what they have. And we need to realize what God has given to us. And we need to use what God has given to us to use for his glory and for the sake of growing his kingdom. You know, hey, you know, look, when we follow God and we do what he wants us to do, the results are amazing. I mean, these guys followed Jesus, his command, even though they didn't realize it was Jesus. And they let down those nets on the right side of the boat and they caught 153 large fish. They got a huge blessing. And if we will focus on ourselves and what God wants us to do for his kingdom, we will be richly blessed and God's kingdom will grow mightily. God bless you. Thank you for listening to the Grind It Podcast today. You can send any questions or comments to grinditpodcast at gmail.com. Please join us next time. And when a challenge comes your way, just my, grind it. Been grinding all my life. Sacrifice. Hustle paid the price. Want a slice. Got to roll the dice. That's why all my life. I've been grinding all my life. Yeah. All my life.